We're clear for takeoff. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to the Kings of the Heart podcast. My name is Tariq Omari Walton, one of your favorite licensed marriage and family therapists, here with two of my almost favorite colleagues. I shouldn't even say almost. My favorite colleagues. We you have... said it already. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you, you guys are on the top top 10. Um, we have Ms. Weena Wise and Dr. John Hart, also marriage and family therapists. How are you guys doing, my guys? Yo, I'm feeling amazing today. I'm feeling great. All right. uh, it's going to be a great day and a great topic that we have ahead of us. So we're about to be good. You know, we're getting into the summer months, you know, and this is actually going to be our last podcast for season two of Kings of the Heart. We want to make sure we came back and completed the discussion around betrayals. It was such a potent discussion that we had a few sessions back. Um, but we want to make sure we hit you up before we left for the summer and, you know, know we're going to come back stronger for season five at the end of the summer. But right now, we just want to wrap it up with some some more helpful insights about betrayal. And so the last time when we talked about betrayal, we were actually discussing some um, some some very popular ones. We talked about finances. We talked about, of course, um, sexual betrayal. We talked about gossiping and sharing family business outside the family and how all those things can have a negative impact on the relationship and we also talked about you know some of the reasons that people give for their betrayals but we also the one thing that we missed out on the last time because we ran out of time was actually talking to you about how to overcome the betrayals so when you've had those breaks Mm -hmm. in trust those breaks in boundaries how do you come back from that in order to maintain a healthy relationship or build a healthier relationship so the first thing we're going to do is, one, hit you with a few other types of betrayals that you may see in your relationship. But then we want to make sure we give you some good, good thoughts and good insights on how to overcome betrayal in your relationship. So where do we start, guys? Where do we start? Do we start with re- defining betrayal again? For those people who might not have heard the first podcast, we'll just jump right into the different types of um, betrayal. Do we need to re- define it again? Let's define it again. <laughs> you guys both look like... Yeah. <laughs> You know, it doesn't define it again because one of the things that we said on the previous podcast was that it's very subjective. You know, people look mm-hmm. at betrayal and what it means very differently, especially depending on whether you are the accused or the offended. And so, how do we actually define betrayal when it comes to um, that that breaking trust in a relationship? Well, I, I remember saying that it was um, is a violation of trust. Yep. or boundaries Mm -hmm. and and it's perception that it comes from the person who believes that they've been hurt Mm -hmm. and i think we we get into that that gray space when you have partners who disagree about what betrayal is and it's important to know that if your partner feels betrayed you have to take that thing quite seriously and not dismiss it or it becomes a whole other animal absolutely absolutely yeah, no, I think I think it just it comes down to what Sister Wina had mentioned is is you know it's a violation, it's a it's a break in trust. Um, other things that come to mind is uh, confidence. 
right? We want to feel confident in our relationships yeah. and that tends to go when betrayal happens. And and I also um can remember mentioning that, you know, betrayal causes a lot of uh psychological, emotional, at times existential conflicts within the relationship, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's that's what's festering. You know, that's what makes betrayal so insidious and harmful to a relationship. Right, right. And so when we, you know, with those definitions and you think about again how differently people may view them one being the person who's actually doing the offense you know not really maybe being very intentional but not recognizing how impactful it may be you know okay i've i've done something that i don't want to share with you and i know when it gets back to you you're going to be hurt but you shouldn't be too hurt it's it's not that big of a deal so to kind of minimize what they're doing and make excuses for what they're doing so when you have that kind of break in in how these things are viewed in those perspectives, how do you come to a a, a consensus on a working definition for two people who are coming at it very differently? The person who's actually doing it and feeling like they have a reason for doing it and the other person who is deeply disappointed or hurt by it. How do you help them come to a working definition so they can begin the process of working on overcoming the betrayal? Wow. Well, I'll tell you what not to do (laughs) because couples do this a lot. Mm -hmm. When the hurt partner is trying to explain to the offender that they feel betrayed, often they will say, well, if you were in my shoes, Mm -hmm. you would feel the same way. Right. Or if we spin this around, how would you feel if you were in the same situation? And the fact of the matter is that they may not feel the same way that you do because if Absolutely. they did, they may have played the situation differently. That's the one part I hear all the well time. Said. That's yeah. well said. Yeah. I wouldn't, That's I wouldn't well feel said. the same way, if, you know, if, if you did that to me. Right. So when you use that frame, you don't really have a basis to actually stand on because right. you two are coming from two completely Absolutely. different places. Speaking so it's good to not necessarily Put the other person in your shoes or try to get them to to take on the same reaction that you would take on. You have to take it at face value. If they say to you, I wouldn't have had the same reaction. That's not how I would feel or how I would deal with this situation. So you have to come from a different angle when you're trying to reach that mutual ground. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Dr. John? Pretty, pretty spot on, really spot on. I don't have much to add to that because that is one of the beginning parts of of the process once the betrayal happens. Lena is absolutely right. The partner who's hurt is really trying to gain compassion and empathy from their partner, which is fine. There's nothing right. wrong with that. So what Wien is talking about in the overall process, is that there's this yearning, immediate yearning for compassion and empathy um you know because they are hurting and it's a very natural human response but mm-hmm. Wena's is absolutely right when she mentioned earlier that is you know um these experiences are subjective mm-hmm. there are people who yeah. come from different backgrounds the other thing i'm going to add and 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 hopefully it's fair is that sometimes this is also dictated by values everyone's value system is different and right. even if you have the same values those values may be in a certain order mm-hmm. that doesn't really align you know what I mean? So Wiener brings up an amazing point around the idea of 
um, if you are seeking empathy and, and compassion, there's a way to get it without falling into that trap that she's highlighting. But you, but she's right. You also have to not get super reactive when you know the person who committed the act is probably honest and saying, no, I would look at it differently or I would handle right. it differently. You right. need to right. understand that they are their own person. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I just wanted to kind of uplift that. But when Lena brought up, that's an amazing point because that's one of the beginning triggering points for conflict to escalate post-betrayal. Right. And only, no, oh, go ahead, Winnie. No, I was going to say that I think that when you're seeking understanding in that way from the person who betrayed you, it's time for a little context. Mm -hmm. And yeah. by that, I mean that it's time for you to explain why what happened matters so much to you. Absolutely. There is a backstory to it. Absolutely. I was hurt by the texting that I saw that was inappropriate because I have been cheated on before right. or because when we took those vows, I thought that we made an agreement that that meant dot, dot, dot. Mm -hmm. So starting from a point of explaining specifically why the betrayal is problematic for you and not expecting it to be universal is important. Yeah. Yeah. agree 100%. So like I said, at the top of the show, one of the things I wanted to do is go back and cover some other areas of betrayal that, we might see in relationships that can be very damaging, that can be very hurtful. And so why don't we start there? You know, what are, what are some additional kinds of betrayals? Like I said, we mentioned the finances, we mentioned the sexual betrayal, um, gossiping and all that. What are some other kinds of betrayal that, that can come into play that are very, very damaging? For those of us who are raising kids together, you cannot leave out co-parenting betrayals yeah, because they right. can happen quite easily and quite frequently. And a co-parenting betrayal can happen between two people who are acting as parents to one child where your parenting values may be different. Yeah. And for example, one parent may align with the child and keep a secret from the other parent. And that goes in so many different directions. A child may come to you and say, I want to go someplace that the other parent doesn't approve of, or I want to eat something that the other parent told me not to, or I want to buy something that the other parent won't approve of. Can you give me money? Can you give me approval? Can you give me this snack? Let's keep this a secret from mom or dad. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I mean, what, and typically, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. I was going to say, typically when that happens uh, and the truth comes out, depending on how small, medium or large the infraction is, the other parent may feel quite betrayed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. For totally good reason. Right. For good reason. I mean, for, I mean, yeah. if you have one thing I like to tell my couples all the time is that you have to be a team above and beyond anything else. You have to be a team first. So, you know, when it comes to the children, when it comes to other family members, when it comes to your friends, people have to see you as a united front. And even though you may not agree with your mate on everything, I believe just in the way that I, I like to, to practice this, um, I believe that you have to remain on the same page in front of the kids and then have a conversation about it later on. 
You know, yeah, mm. you want to make sure that your mate is also thinking logically about things or that the expectations aren't, you know, so overblown that they are projecting what they want onto everyone else. So we need to talk about that, but we don't need to talk about that in front of the kids. In front of the kids, I'm going to have your back. I'm going to support what you're saying. I'm going to make sure that we are, again, appearing as a united front. But we're going to have to have a conversation about this because I don't really agree with this. I don't think that, you know, we need to keep the kids away from eating such and such. You know, I don't think we need right. to um, right. discipline the kids in, you know, a certain way. And so by having those conversations and, you know, maintaining that, that, that common front in front of everybody else, you kind of get away from the betrayal. We're going to like yeah. what we were saying. It's when you do things behind your mate's back, when you're keeping secrets from your mate, mm -hmm. you know, when you're doing things that your mate has um, expressly um, said that they don't want you to do, but you're still doing them anyway. That's where the betrayal comes in. Yeah, no, it's a serious, serious topic. Uh, you got parents who, of course, are uh, hiding the fact that they let the child have some alcohol, mm -hmm. right? Before the, the legal age or the child felt more comfortable calling one parent when they were at a party and drugs were there and the parent just came home and I'm sorry, came over, scooped them up, brought them home and they decided, well, we're not going to talk about this with the other parent. And you get put in situations like that quite frequently if you have a child who knows what side to play in terms right. of their parents. Right. Uh, but when that comes out between the two adults, that can be very scary and very dangerous. Yeah. 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 So another one that I was thinking about too is how we fight, you know, arguing and mm. how that can feel like a betrayal to someone that mm. here we are, we're mm. having a, a disagreement about something and now you're bringing in all this other stuff or past things that I shared with you and you're mm. using them against me in this argument so that you can win. And that can feel like a major emotional betrayal. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what do you think, Dr. John, when you see that in, in session, what are some of the things that come to mind and that you that you're hearing from your mates about how they feel in those situations? Yeah, betrayal is definitely that because when you think about one of the, one of the beautiful things about being in a, a uh, intimate, committed relationship is um, this this bond of openness, of sharing deep, dark thoughts and secrets, of opening up oneself in so many different ways. And so, believing you're safe, right? Becomes, believing that you're emotionally safe to be able to do that, right? Absolutely. Right. I mean that that is the essence of true vulnerability mm -hmm. in a in a relationship, exactly, right? Um, and so when that happens, right, I, I it's it not only is it superficially a low blow because it is it, it is. is you you have you have hit me um, you have used information, you know, to kind of hit me in the space. But what it also does is that it and, and I, I think I was mentioning this earlier. Yeah. What it also does is the trust is broken, but now I'm not confident in you anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm not confident, yeah. nor am I feeling safe. But the confidence is a big issue that um, I, I try to name for clients who who've done that either in session or outside. It's like I'm no longer confident because trust is yeah. important, but confidence is important. I'm not confident in you. I'm not confident that now I can share things with you and you will not weaponize that against me. And because that is a betrayal, 
right? Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, like our intimate, committed relationships, we're sharing things. Let's be frank, folks, that like probably we haven't even shared with our families. We haven't even shared with right. you know our best friends, our inner circle. So the fact that I disclose that and you are now using that against me especially with the intent to hurt. Let me be clear. Exactly. You, and don't, that's the you point. don't do low blows for play. Right. I mean, it comes out in play, but there's still some intent to hurt. Mm-hmm. And that that is, you know, you guys are absolutely right. Like that's that's a huge betrayal because now it's yeah, you didn't you didn't go sleep with someone, but you've now taken my personal life and you've made a fool and, and you've mocked it and you've 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 almost relegated it to the point of now I'm going to hit you with it. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's a very dangerous thing to do. Mm-hmm. It's very dangerous because the trust is gone, but the confidence in your in your partner overall has now gone like gone down dramatically. Is there a difference between confidence and trust in your mind? John, that was for you. It's, okay. It's 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 a good question. I mean, they may be in the same category, but I do think that they hold its own respective place um when it comes to relationship. Mm-hmm. Um they they both I, yeah, yeah they, they, there's so so collectively and even individually, there's something about security that they give. So when one when I trust you, I'm I'm I feel secure. When I'm confident in you, I'm secure that what you do and what you you know how you operate will continue to be consistent. Will continue to align with what we're doing, right? So they there is some you know there is a, a synonymous kind of relationship that they have. Um, but I also think and I have to kind of sit on it because that's a great question. But I. I, I personally do believe that they all also hold an individual purpose and have yeah. its own yeah. meaning yeah. within relationships, yeah. though. Because when you say confidence, the first thing I thought about was belief. Like, I can no longer, um, I have a certain belief in how you are going to to behave or act or interact with me, you know? And so that's what I think about in terms of confidence, that belief in something. Trust to me is more along the lines of, um, you know, I, don't want, I almost want to say not being understood, um, but I understand how you are and I think, man, I'm going to be way off base with this one. Anyway, <laughs> let me get past it. When you look like you had something that you want to add there. Well, I was thinking about people who use words as weapons mm-hmm. because you two jumped into a really hot topic and I have met a whole camp of folks who not only use words as weapons when they're in fight mode, but then they forget when they're sober minded and back to a cool head. Mm. So they get really charged up and they'll say things that feel really betraying. They'll throw out things about their partner's vulnerabilities and take those low blows. And then they recover very quickly from arguments, but their partner is left in the wake of all of the damaging things that they said, and they don't get over it so easily. And the other person's like, you're still mad about that? Right. <laughs> and right. the partner's That's like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Am I still mad about it? I am bleeding out yeah. over the things that were said last night right. in the argument. Right. right. So right. folks who have that quick rebound time, but can also be surgical with the words that they use to uh, go low with their partner, you have to be extremely careful to understand that your partner is going to feel some of the blowback from that. Yeah. Yeah. 
And, and you know, to, to kind of piggyback on the whole, the way that we argue thing is how far the argument goes, you know? So even, um, the, the abuse that may come in the wake of argument is an act of betrayal. This is something I've seen in several of my, my sessions with different clients calling the police because, you know, yeah. you you yeah. are fearful or you're not getting what you want out of the, the argument. And so you figure the, the best way to get it is to bring in the authorities, bring in someone else mm-hmm. who is going to be able to intimidate you into give me what I want. And that can be a major betrayal, especially as like if it's a black male that you're calling, mm-hmm. and calling them against. And I've had it with clients who were both, you know, Black females and females from other, you know, white females. Um, actually, it wasn't just white. It was, it was from several different um, backgrounds, ethnic backgrounds. But for a black man, that could be a very scary interaction. And so that is like one of the major betrayals. And I've seen that lead to um, either calls for divorce or just straight up, hey, you know, I don't know if we can overcome this. You know, yeah. Those kind of betrayals, you know, once you argue and you take that next step into, okay, so how am I going to win this argument because you're not hearing me? Well, let me call somebody in. That can be, it's, it's, it's life, it's almost life threatening. So on both sides, one, the physical abuse in the wake of the argument, but then on the other side, calling the authorities in the wake of the argument, they both can be um, almost deadly acts of betrayal within a relationship. Let's let's broaden that to just getting the law involved in all types of things mm-hmm. as a form of get back. Okay. For it example, could be child support. Child support. Happens. It mm-hmm. could be um, g- going to file for a peace order or a restraining mm-hmm. order. Restraining order right. Um there are many ways that people get the law involved to get the upper hand. Right. They fabricate details and next thing you know, your name is circulating through the court system and and it can go back and forth between males, females, you name it. But people do play those games. Yeah. Yep. And, and like you said, Tyreek, it definitely is a line crossing that some people never recover from. Right. Because they did not intend to wind up in the system. Right. Yeah. Right. Like you were willing to put my life in jeopardy because of something that you felt like you wanted to get. You know, and, and we're not discouraging people from calling the authorities when you genuinely feel like you are in trouble and your life is in danger. We're not discouraging anybody from doing that. But there are ways that you want to be able to consider what's really happening here and whether or not the authorities need to really be called. And some people jump right to that because, you know, they may have a fear, but it may be a very irrational fear, you know. So it's, you, you want to make sure that you are distilling the information properly and that when you make that call, recognize what the consequences of that call may be. And some people will say, well, you know, I didn't think it would you know, go that bad. I didn't believe that, yeah, you know, the that. courts would become involved. I thought, you know, just call the cops and that would be the end of it. No, yeah, I've heard that. you know, this yeah. now now there's going to be a charge. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Well, uh, even yeah. even calling child protective services exactly. because oh yeah, that's another your ex partner is now living with someone new or has a new a new 
spouse and people, people you don't play like games. what's happening yeah. right you don't like what's people happening over games. there so you call and you file a report right and you don't know how far that's going to go kids being removed from the home investigations happening now social workers coming into play you have to be extremely thoughtful about the ways that you engage the system when you think you've been betrayed right yeah or when you're actually doing the betraying, you know, you're the one that that is the actual betrayal. You calling social services, you calling the right. police. You're the yeah. one who's actually doing the betraying on that side. Yeah. Well, but look at how I spun it, though. Mm-hmm. Often those shady calls come from someone feeling betrayed because a partner moved on. Right. OK, I got you. Right. right. True that. Feeling True that. betrayed because now someone else is co-parenting their child. Right. And they don't have control over that situation. Right. So now the escalation. Betrayal. That's right. Betrayal comes in many forms. And typically you have someone who thinks that something happened to them first and they're simply reacting mm-hmm. to it. Versus them causing the first action and and that's how the cycle gets kicked off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And people just have to be, people just also have to just be careful because um, it's, it's not about comparing, but I just wanted to kind of throw it out there that um, there are disproportionate impacts is what we're talking about here. The minute you get the system involved that there are far greater, uh, uh, I'm going to use a technical term, you know, is is there's far more collateral consequences mm-hmm. tied to getting any legal form of legal uh, criminal justice, you know, system involved here. And Rena's right. People just have to be mindful because they're although you may have this intended uh, uh, impact or effect that you're going for. The reason why we're raising this in this danger is because especially involving the law, child protection, there is far greater collateral consequences that are unintended and not accounted for right. that even will get yourself in trouble. Yeah. So Thanks. I want to put that in there that like you may be thinking you getting your partner, but mm-hmm. Wena's kind of laid out like there are some dangerous situations in which it comes back to even bite you. Mm-hmm. And then you're sitting there like, I shouldn't have pulled that plug. Yeah, you shouldn't have. Right. Because you look at your situation, and let's be clear, and I'm only saying this because, you know, uh, my background is in criminal justice. But I was it's about like, to say the same thing, yeah. Yeah, like there's there's this there's this serious systemic impact that it's going to have. Right. So you got to be very careful. You're going to make that call. You're going to have to be ready to take the L, but also know that all people involved are going to have to take the L. And the most vulnerable people in that situation are going to be the kids. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think people realize, like, when you do make that phone call, that you're you may impact your mate or yeah your mate's um ability to work they may lose their job over yeah that's collateral consequences right that's you know um now okay so you want to put them on child support but they can't earn the money that they were able to earn before that phone call you know so yeah that, that those consequences continue it's a domino effect beyond just that moment and of course you're probably not thinking about all that in that moment because you're so emotionally um, charged, but there are going to be consequences. And if you're trying to maintain the relationship beyond that, because that's, that's one of the main things I want to get to after you make that phone call, if you're trying to continue the relationship or you want the relationship to be, to be mended, you have to take full accountability for making that phone call and the impact, the long-term impact that that phone call is going to have. You know, again, not dissuading anybody from making that phone call when they genuinely feel like they're in danger. 
but there are there is going to be major consequences from those kind of phone calls yeah you know and and there's one more betrayal that i want to cover before we get into how to overcome the betrayals meeting a betrayal with a betrayal Mm. you know the the revenge betrayal you know i know what i did Mm. was wrong but man what you did was i never would have expected that from you i would never (laughs) expected that 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 kind of revenge that kind of nastiness (laughs) on your part you know have you have you experienced in your clinical practices people who have met betrayal with their own betrayal and tried to excuse their betrayal because of the, the, the first betrayal. No doubt. Uh, right. <laughs> it's like the get backs. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. The get backs happen. And not just in situationships and relationships, but marriage is a marathon, not a sprint. So mm-hmm. when the betrayals start in marriages and you don't have the tools to communicate through the hurt and actually get a resolution from your partner, things start to collect. Yeah. Resentment starts yeah. to pile up like bad debt. And (laughs) you may not even realize that you are acting out or passively not participating in ways that that your partner expects because you feel hurt and you feel betrayed. And the first person that screams out betrayal, uh, you may say, well, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. I know that I'm not showing up the way I used to or I know that I acted out and did something that you don't like. But that's typically when you're you start to reveal your betrayal, right? right? But yeah. you did such and such first, and you're talking about something pretty shady and heinous, Tyree. You you went there. I, I'm only imagining <laughs> in my mind what you meant when you said, "Wow, that get back was really really yeah. serious." But but it starts off pretty small usually, and it builds its way up right. to that level that you're talking about, right? You know, cause, but you do have people who think, oh, we're doing this now? Oh, okay. I've been waiting for this. Okay, here's my chance to, <laughs> to, to do what I wanted to do. You know, so you have people who actually think like that. You know, oh, you opened that oh, door. Oh, yeah. You've opened that door? Yeah. Oh, so we're, we're, we're doing that. That's the game we're playing now? Oh, I got you. I'm going to show, I'm going to show you something. You thought you were doing something? No, I'm going to show you something now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I always, I'm impressed though with couples who come in like that because, Sometimes for the level of genius that they have (laughs) with their betrayals, they also have a very strong commitment to each other. So they will hurt each other and and be so mad about what the other person did, but still be committed to trying to fix that relationship and, and figure out how to be together and what you learn about couples like that is that they do everything with a level of intensity mm, we go true. hard absolutely in the paint for absolutely. each other yeah. and sometimes we go hard in the paint when we're hurting each other but that's something that you wouldn't necessarily notice unless you have the view that we have true yeah true true yeah that's a good point yeah any thoughts about that dr john no no i i it's it's like Wayne is right. I mean, it is impressive to see couples go through something like that betrayal, then counter betrayal, um, and still work out. I know I've worked with couples over the years. I've done. I've worked with individuals who, um, dare I say, um, were the first ones to commit an act and 
now they're sitting on my couch humbled as ever because the get back <laughs> was was yeah. pretty you know was intense pretty, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they I balled mean, him in a fetus position I mean, i'm telling you i mean i've seen jokers like humble mm-hmm. you know and but it's 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 it, it does speak to the complexity around relationships as we've always said over the years like Every couple is different. Mm-hmm. Uh, to Weena's point, there are couples who don't play that play those rules, and they break up pretty quickly, or they yeah. start pursuing, you know, separation. So, um, it, it's but betrayals at the end of the day are always complicated, and 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 they're nuanced, um, and they're multi layered. And mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things that I think we mentioned um, in the part one. It's yeah. like these things are multi layered. Yeah, they're, they're very and they're tricky. They're yeah. really tricky. You know, well, like like Wayne was just saying that, you know, you have people who who participate in these betrayals, but they are still very committed to the other person, still very committed to the relationship and they want to work on the relationship. They want to overcome the betrayals so that they can still be together. So how do you do that part when you have had one, two, three, four, five betrayals in a relationship and the depth of the hurt that accompanies that the lack of accountability that accompanies that? How do you actually begin to mend the relationship after those kinds of betrayals? What's that process like? Well, let's start with the one. Let's start with one betrayal. Okay. All right. <laughs> because um, every couple doesn't get to that point where they let it stockpile yeah. up like the bad day. Oh, exactly. Thankfully, right. it starts with the one. And, and what I think we all agree on is that if you catch it early enough, we can nip that in the bud and get you back on the track that you wanted to be on. So when a person hurts their partner and the partner feels betrayed and they come in and they're trying to, number one, seek that validation, understanding, and empathy, Dr. John said at the very beginning of the session, it's really important that the alleged, the the person who did the betraying, Mm -hmm. right, is able to stop, drop, and listen. All right. Stop what stop, drop what you're doing and listen to the hurt that you've caused your partner. Mm-hmm. Try not to justify it. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. This isn't the moment for that. Right. It's time to eat that slice of humble pie and acknowledge that you've done something that has frayed the trust between you and your partner. Yeah. That's the first step. Absolutely. Most important piece of that though is that there is no statute of limitations on understanding and validation. Mm, The place where couples go wrong is that they'll initially get that part right. The partner heard you out, they've apologized, and they're anxious to win your trust back. Yeah, absolutely. But if you bring it up a month later that you've been triggered somehow mm-hmm. and and you are experiencing that trauma all over again from being betrayed if your partner is not willing to go back into that space with you and say okay i hear you mm-hmm. again i understand again you've been triggered let me assure you that we're not going back in that direction we're headed forward on a better plane that's where your partner starts to feel dismissed Right. unheard right. and you've lost all the good ground that you built yeah. simply because you couldn't stay in that posture of understanding when they get triggered you mean you're still on that you're still bringing that up God, yes. I, thought we, I thought we were over that i thought we were past that i thought you forgave yes. me 
Yeah, it's yes. not. It's not always about the forgiving. Like like Gwyneth said, you can be triggered. Your mate can be, and that's that's the one thing I want people to really understand the most out of this. Even if you have had the conversation, even if you have gotten to the place of forgiveness, and even understanding. What you have to take into consideration, too, as a person who did the offense, is that there are going to be moments where your mate will be re-triggered. They're going to be triggered right. over and over. I mean, there are going to be situations that remind them. There are going to be movies that you watch that remind them. There are going to be conversations they have with people that remind them of what happened. And that hurt is going to come rearing back. It's, it's, it's a small T trauma for them. You know, in some cases, it can be a big T trauma. But it's, a, it's right. a trauma nonetheless, and you can be re-traumatized by other events that kind of remind you of that initial betrayal. And so when that happens, as a person who did the offense, you have to be at your ultimate understanding. But the thing that happens that makes it so hard for the person who did the offense is that now they feel like they're walking on eggshells, you know, around everything because how easily their mate can be triggered. But again, well, that, go ahead. Yeah. I want the betrayers to understand this. I'm going to give this away for free because mm -hmm. betrayers come in and they're baffled by how things can be going so well. We were having such a peaceful, good time. How was my partner triggered by that? Right. Your partner was triggered by that because they're thinking back to how, let's say if you had an emotional or sexual affair there was another time in their life when things were going well, things were peaceful. Absolutely. And they thought that everything was okay. Absolutely. And then they found out that you were secretly doing something behind their back. Yeah, true. So now they don't trust when things feel okay and they don't trust when things are peaceful. You'll be thinking you're having a great day and the hurt partner goes, it was a day just like this that I thought our relationship was fine. But now I realize that my partner was sleeping with someone else during the time when I was most happy in the relationship. Yeah. They have lost the ability to trust that when things are fine, they can relax. Mm -hmm. And that's when the fights pop up. That's when they may say something that you go, we were having a great day. How did we start to argue about this? That's why it happens. And that's the moment where you really have to stay in that humble posture and be with them in that experience and just assure them that things are okay. We're not in that space again. And typically that levels things off. But when you get defensive in that moment. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Get it. Dr. John, what about for you? You know, what are some ways that people can begin to mend their relationships after that betrayal? Yeah, I think I think what Sister Wena brought up is really, 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 really great. I mean, it's 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 powerful, and and we've seen it as clinicians. Um, I think my kind of spinoff off of that, and that also includes something you had mentioned too, Brother Reek, was, you know, for the for the betrayers, you need to readjust your pace. Mm -hmm. You have to readjust your pace. Mm -hmm. I always yeah. tell that because, and I and I see this so much where they're like, I, I just want to hurry up and make things better. I understand that. And I do yeah. validate them. Right. I do. I'm like, I, I get it, right? You're so insecure seeing their level of hurt and yes. pain yes. and devastation yes. that you yes. cause that your brain is freaking out. Your heart is racing. So I I, I validate them. And I even walk the person who, who's gone through the uh, hurt and the betrayal to also let them know that that's technically what, what that's about. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like it, it's it's there's this they they there is a genuine um, there's a genuineness around not 
seeing this hurt to, to Weena's point over and over and over again. So they're getting edgy, they're getting anxious, they're getting really upset, which is why I, I'm, I'm speculating and I feel really confident saying this is like, that's why I think some of the anger starts to develop over time. It starts out as worry and fear and sadness and hurt. And then they start getting annoyed because like, here we go again, you're still on this, you're still on yeah. this. But the betrayers really do have to readjust their pace. You yeah. remember, this is a, it's, it's a violation. Yeah. Hurt, hurt has set in, the wound is open, other infection and bacteria are selling in and so what you have to do is you have to you, and and i i do tell my my um clients who who are the betrayers i i tell them i say in addition to everything we said or everything we said you you need to do what you also need to do is you also need to verbally and also show that i'm giving this time yeah. where i'm gonna go at your pace mm-hmm. i understand this is gonna be a slow process sometimes just saying that is a huge reassurance to the person yes. who is battling the, the trying to recover because you can't rush it, yeah. you know? And I even push folks, once we get along over a certain how about I even tell folks to say, look, there's nothing wrong. Once we get to a certain point, there's nothing wrong with even saying like, hey, you know, the fact that you got triggered, you know, that makes me sad too. It makes me disappointed as well, mm-hmm. you know? Um, because yeah, you know, I thought we were having a good time and to Weena's point, and I also understand that what I did has had has had such a huge impact on you and our relationship that and reiterated again please take our time Mm -hmm. you know like like i'm 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 gonna commit and and you you do have to do that the onus is on the betrayer to now readjust their pace you have to be open you got to be flexible and to brother reek's point like i i get it you know that's why it's very helpful to go see a therapist but you really have to slow everything down now because Mm -hmm. why we that person needs time they need space and I, I think what um, Weena brought up is really great. Don't be so surprised, which is why I'm so glad you brought it up, sis. Do not be surprised, which is why I'm saying readjust your pace, how some weeks will go beautifully. Yes. You, I'm not talking about, okay, beautifully. And then, you know, they, they go left. Because that's really going to mess with your pace. So already say to yourself, you know what? We have a long road of recovery, which is how it is even when you get surgery or something. These these mm-hmm. harder injuries, as a sports person, those harder injuries, what do they say? It takes far longer to recover. Some of the smaller, smaller ones, you know, don't take as long. But you have to ground yourself around time, okay? Um, and, and it's okay. It's okay. But also sit in those uncomfortable feelings because what your actions did has had some serious ramifications. So you got to eat it and you got to like understand that like I got to adjust my pace. And it, that onus, that one, that part, I do make it very explicitly clear to the betrayer. Right. You're going to have to adjust your pace. Yeah. You know, um, to kind of piggyback on that, um, you know, time is definitely a major factor. You do have to take your time. This is going to be a marathon now because of the impact of having that broken um, trust, as well as, like John said earlier, that confidence. But the thing is, you know, you know, not just the time, but the consistent behavior. You have to make sure that whatever changes that you're making so that your mate feels more confident in you begins to trust you again, you have to maintain that behavior for a long period. You have to have to maintain the behavior, not even say for a long period of time. You have to maintain that behavior. You have to be consistent in your behavior for them to continue to learn to trust you again. At the same time, recognize that this is all about overcoming insecurity for both of you guys. Your mate's going to feel insecure because of the actual betrayal. You're going to feel insecure because your mate caught you and you don't know what they may do as a way to get back to you. You know, so 
for both of you guys can feel insecure for a little while. You have to overcome that as well. And then finally, as a person who was betrayed, you also have to go back and also understand some of the betrayal and why it happened. You don't want to necessarily make excuses for your mate or take the excuses that your mate gave you in and make them um, fully part of the story, but recognize things do happen. We talked about that in the first conversation around betrayal, that there are roles that we play and there are things that happen within our relationships that can make your mate feel you know, distant from you, which may be one of the reasons why they have moved on and they have, let's say they cheated. So recognize if you guys aren't feeling close and your mate goes off and does their own thing, you might have to work on that closeness. You play a role in that as well. So it's not your fault that they that they betrayed you, that they cheated. Yeah, that falls on them. But the atmosphere that was created for that to happen, you played a role in as well. So take accountability for that and also work on that side of the relationship so that the betrayal isn't part of the story again. That's what I got for you, you know. So we have to wrap up, guys. There's so much I wanted to talk to you guys about about this, and I'm glad we that we came back to have this conversation. Um, but we gotta go. So really quickly, what are your noble truths for betrayal overall? When we'll start with you. It's about the humble pie. Yeah. It's it's extremely important for you to maintain a humble posture if you have hurt someone, and you may have to be in that posture for far longer than you think in order to see real change, progress, and healing. Yeah. All right, Dr. John, what's your noble truths? Yeah, I, I, I'm, you know, it is the last episode, and so I am going to piggyback um, like I do sometimes with just doing it. Yeah, humble <laughs> pie. It helps, guys. It helps inside of therapy, and it really helps outside of therapy as well. The person who's betrayed, you need to humble yourself yeah. because it, it, it goes a long way. That's how you start to... Um, rebuild the confidence and the trust. Yeah. And you lose nothing. You Absolutely. lose nothing. Thank you. At all. Absolutely. Great point. Great point. Yeah. Brother Rick, what about you? I will say my, my noble truth is that recognize that we all play a role in our relationship, in our relationships. And so things are going to happen that we need to be accountable for. We can't always point the finger at our mate for being the person who's always making the offenses. There's something that you're doing as well. And we all need to hold ourselves accountable. But then when the person does make that offense, there is time that needs to be taken for that trust to be rebuilt. Everyone has to be patient with that process. Be patient with yourself. Forgive yourself, but continue to work on it and be consistent and do the work necessary to get beyond what has happened. That is only going to happen in time. So that's what I got for you guys. And look, I just want to thank you guys for another fantastic season. I look forward to being with you guys again for season number five five we're on number five guys um wow. cypher is three kings of the heart wow. this is what we do we I, I just want to say again i appreciate you guys i love you guys i love the work that you're doing continue doing it and i look forward to Thanks, season five with you guys way. for sure feel the, feel the same way all right all right listeners we will see you oh, real quick we know where can people find out more information about you Oh, covenanttherapy.com. You can definitely hit up my practice there or catch me on Instagram again at covenanttherapy.com or weenawise. All right. And what about you, Dr. John? Uh, check us out at kingsoftheheart.com. Um, check out um, our work at the Relationship Counseling Center in Maryland. All right. RCC Maryland, spell out the Maryland.com. And um, 
yeah, just check out my name uh, on on any social media. I'm doing a lot of great criminal justice work at the Vera Institute of Justice. So yes, you are. Get that out. All right, and you can you can also find me on kingsoftheheart.com or tarikamaribolton.com, and all social media platforms as tarikamari. Again, thank you for another wonderful season four. Looking forward to season five, and we'll see you guys on the other side. On the other side. I know, right? (laughs) Peace. Take care. Peace.